0: What's going on, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is the Thursday, January 27th, 2022 edition of the show. We're doing Power to the Pod. Your questions, your hot takes, your topics, all pertaining to the Miami Dolphins and sometimes not pertaining to the Miami Dolphins. But it's your show, and I'm just steering the boat. So whatever direction you guys want to take it, That's where we're going. So let's find out what's on everybody's mind in the Dolphins fan base uh, on another episode of Power to the Pod here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and pumped to be back on the YouTube channel, YouTube slash Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you like the video, hit subscribe to the channel if you're interested in the live interactive component here. Uh, But we also have uh, some iTunes reviews that we're going to be digging into as well. Uh, So lots of topics on hand. If you're here live on Wednesday night, make sure you leave your comments uh, in the comment section. That way I can scroll through as we get to them. Uh, Let me see. Ghost of Adam Gaze, shout out. First, OG Highway, second. Keith, Thomas, Orlando, Doug, OG, Gavin, John, Tyler. Whole gang's here. Excited to see you guys. Uh, we're starting with an iTunes review that came uh, back on the 18th and it came from big Rick Finz up. If green Bay franchise tags, Devante Adams, do you think they take our one for him and then we extend him? And would you do that deal? I would love to have Devante Adams who for my money is the best route runner in football on the roster. Uh, I do think Devante Adams probably costs more than 30th overall um you it, it's weird right like DeAndre Hopkins and I get he got traded by Bill O'Brien so maybe that's a bad example but um Stefan Diggs I believe was a one and a four uh and Devonte Adams for my money is a better wide receiver so uh yeah I, I think Green Bay would probably expect more uh for Devonte Adams and, and I don't think 30 gets it done so But, yes, I I would trade for Devontae Adams if I had the chance to because he's an elite football player, and that's something the Dolphins need more of. Uh, The next iTunes review comes from Do the Waddle. And for that, we're going to pop one open here. It's not an adult beverage. Relax. It's just gasoline and caffeine. Uh, This is a long review. Uh, Love the show. Really appreciate the consistency of depth of knowledge. Thank you for listening. Two questions I wanted your thoughts on. I don't know if I'm going to accept the double dip or not had Tua not going down with fractured ribs against Buffalo. I think this very well could have been a playoff team as currently constructed. It was clear to me that they operated at a higher level with him in the game. And I do believe they would have won one or two of the other games played without him. And although for the Flores firing did appear to be behavioral, I don't know if they part ways with him coming off a playoff appearance. Since the firing is clear to me that not only Flores wasn't committed to Tua, but also did not understand how to develop a high performing team within his coaching staff, Should we be thanking Jesse Davis for creating the conditions to tear down what clearly wasn't working? Well, I don't want to sound greedy. Being a fringe playoff team should not be the goal. And in some ways, I'm happy we're taking dramatic steps to evaluate this roster in the next level. I'm not thanking Jesse for anything. (laughs) I want to get that abundantly clear. Um, But I do appreciate if the rot within the organization was as bad as it's been reported. Um, that they weren't complacent to hold firm and just ride it out um, because it, and that was what Stephen Ross said when the change was made originally was they're worried about uh, being able to sustain winning um, and the path that the Dolphins are on uh, not being able uh, to do that. So that's why they felt a change was necessary. Uh, do the Waddles other question was about to his arm strength. And I know I got another two a question later in the hopper. So we're going to come back to that one in just a bit uh pa finn 73 can we reasonably expect the team to avoid two or three more years of missing the playoffs as the new head coach rebuilds the team towards his own vision um if they push the right buttons i see no reason why this couldn't be a playoff team you routinely see changes in head coaching that prompt and spur a team to break through a plateau. You have to get the offensive line, right. And you have to get the running game, right. If you get those two things, right. I don't see any reason why Miami, if they don't bring in a competent defensive coordinator, assuming a change there. um, I don't see any reason why they couldn't win 10 games again next year. And ride the momentum of what they've the, the foundation that they've been able to build. So I, I don't think this is guaranteed like, oh, Dolphins, head coaching change, they're going to take a big step backwards. It sounds like they're trying to be sensitive. And I know Wink Martindale has been uh, tied to Brian Dable if he were to go to the Giants. I'd be fascinated to know if that qualifies him to come to Miami if Brian Dable ends up as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, which I think Pat Leonard of the New York media uh, had reported that uh, the Dolphins, currently that there's a lot of momentum that Dable may end up being the guy. And if that's the case, you got a tailor made defensive coordinator with a very blitz heavy man scheme, much like the guy who just left. And you're getting a head coach slash offensive coordinator slash play caller who has worked with and has premium chemistry with your young quarterback. That's about as optimistic as you could have drawn it up when you told me that the Dolphins were going to make this change. Uh, Jay Feld. Question for Power to the Pod. Oh, it's a Draft Network mock. I dig it. I dig it, I dig it, I dig it. And I just lost it. Uh, Number 26 overall. So this was submitted on the 19th. It was before San Francisco won. Still stings a little bit. That's okay. Uh, The the first round pick. So let's call it 30 overall. Uh, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. 50th overall, Isaiah Spiller running back, Texas A&M. Leo Chanel at 100, running back, uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce, excuse me, wide receiver from Cincinnati at 121. Uh, Alex Lindstrom, center, Boston College, 156. D'Angelo Malone, pass rusher, 199. Uh, Joshua Corbin, running back, 220. Uh, Trey Turner, wide receiver, Virginia Tech. So three wide receivers. I like a couple of things that you've done here, Orlando. That's a good. I'm. I'm gonna come back to that. Remind me to come back to that. Feel in the background. Um. So Chris Olave, I think if you want somebody who can fill the role that Will Fuller was supposed to fill, I think that can be what Chris Olave's style of a winning wide receiver in the NFL is he's not as dynamic as a run after catch threat through playing through contact balance or being able to create missed tackles he's a guy who gets out in the open and can jet like he's got a, he's a really accomplished 100 meter dash background or track background guy from high school uh, he can fly he's going to run the 43s uh, i would like Chris Olave uh, and if it doesn't work with 2 in 2022 Chris Olave and Jalen Waddle is a phenomenal speedy wide receiver pairing uh, that you can use as strong infrastructure around uh, whatever changes he would be making. Isaiah Spiller running back at 50 and I'll do Leo Chanel too. And then we'll move on. Cause I know we got a lot to get to uh, Spiller. I think is the most well-rounded back. Uh, I like Kyron Williams for his pass pro and pass catching skills better. I like uh, Kenneth Walker for his rushing skills, better. Uh, but Isaiah Spiller, for me, is the best of all worlds combined into one package. So I like that that fit for Miami, and he's a dense physical runner, too. And then Leo Chennault, if you're going to pick a guy to replace uh, that Mike Linebacker, that downhill thud guy that Elan Roberts has filled the last two years, Leo Chennault's a dude. Uh, he is... A monster between the tackles filler and bit blitz player. So I like what you did here, especially early on. I'd probably have gone a di- different direction on some of the uh, uh, day three picks. Uh, Pat, quit trolling me about the hairdo. If anybody's jazzing about the hairdo, it, I still have all the mess. It's just bunned up back here. So, um, Definitely getting bangs in my eyes and stuff. It's weird. Got to be able to read everybody's comments for the sake of content, right? Uh, Our next review comes from Jesse. What kind of offense would you like to see the Dolphins run that will help Tua be the best that he can? 10 personnel shotgun style that lets Tua pick defenses apart with 30-plus attempts or 12 personnel run play-action offense that he'll get maybe 20 attempts, uh, out of, with 30 rushes. I definitely don't want to go 10 personnel. I don't want to go 10. I don't want to go a lot of empty, uh, which is what teams like Buffalo and Arizona have done with super athletic quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and two is more quick footed than he is dynamic. And, um, as an athlete with the ball in his hands. And uh, I'd I'd like to see a lot of 11 and 12 personnel, a lot of rolling pockets. I do think the Shanahan style offense makes a lot of sense, which is a lot of zone concepts. Uh, It's a lot of rollout, a lot of crossing patterns, get him out on the move, move the platform. Uh, I think that's really where he can shine. I think the Brian Dable offense uh, that, that's going to feature a lot of the screen game. Um, I think he will do well to tailor to Tua's strengths, if that's the call that's made. Um, but I don't think you'd see the Buffalo Bills style of offense where they're in 10 and they're they spread in the field and emptied out. I don't think that, that suits Tua. I, I think his abilities as a passer are most accentuated when you have viable run threat and, and RPO and being able to, to key off and utilize his accuracy to really thread windows uh, inside of short spaces and hope the setups are run after catch and building the screen game off of that. West believes, too, will be great with our next review. Uh, Long-time follower back to the NDT Scouting Day. Shout-out, the old scouting service before TDN. Crazy thought here. Is it too crazy to sign Devonte Adams and trade for Calvin Ridley with Waddle having his small contract, it can solidify a receiving court. Um, obviously the more pass catchers you can get in great, but I do think Devonte Adams gets the franchise tag, uh, which means you'd have to trade for both of these players. And maybe Calvin Ridley, if you get a conditional pick, uh, you wouldn't have to part with any significant capital until 2023. But, uh, But if we're doing all that, what the hell are we doing with the offensive line? And I would like to get established players on the offensive line. So I I don't think I could bring myself to get on board with both. It feels like too much overkill when you can still find quality receivers on day two of any given NFL draft. And uh, Jalen Waddell, and if we are going to run a 11 and 12 personnel heavy offense, then you're not going to get more than. Three or Two or three of those guys on the field at the same time. Shoe Zombie. Shoe Zombie. I have a question. What are the odds the Dolphins trade for a high-profile running back? I'm enamored by the idea of trading for Saquon Barkley. What do you think? I'm all for trading for a back if you can get one, but I don't think Saquon will be the guy that I would have any interest in. Uh, Saquon's last couple of years in New York have been ugly. Uh, The concerns and questions with his vision – uh, that he had coming out of Penn State was uh, something that we've seen manifest itself behind the ineffective Giants offensive line over the last couple of years. Uh, he's great in the passing game. Uh, if the Saints are going to go through the teardown and they're, they're going to tear it down without Sean Payton and Alvin Kamara is available, I would covet Alvin Kamara much higher than Saquon Barker personally. And then you go get a 220 pound heavy hitter and. You can roll with that group. And uh, kind of like Latavius Murray had been in the past for the Saints as the compliment Dalvin Alvin Kamara. I think that's a pathway I can get much more excited about. I'd also be interested in some of these backup running backs uh, that are young but haven't been given featured roles because they're stuck behind studs. I'd be calling Dallas. I, I don't know that I would move for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, maybe if you could get it for dirt cheap and you could restructure the deal. Uh, but still, that's a lot of money for a guy who's a really good pass protector and and has lost some of his dynamic play. But uh, are you guys really going to pay Tony Pollard with what you have to pay Zeke Elliott over the next two years? Uh, Minnesota, you guys going to pay Alexander Madison with what Dalvin cooks do when he just signed a a contract for 12 million plus per season. Like I'd be knocking the door on those guys. See enough. I can get a mid round pick out for him and uh, go get a guy who was a backup somewhere else to behind a, a pro bowl caliber back. Uh, even Kareem hunt and from, from Cleveland, you know, if if that's somebody who could potentially be available, there's, there's other pathways uh, to go get it and you don't have to go spend like your premier pick on the back. Um, But I would try to explore my options there. And there's a lot of teams that have multiple quality backs. Miami just doesn't happen to have a featured back and hasn't for a while. Guys, We've been talking about GetUpside for quite a while, and if you guys have not gotten on board, now is the time. Listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, you can download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Using promo code TOUCHDOWN, you could save $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back getting, using GetUpside. You can download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. People who drive a lot are saving as much as two to $300 a week. Year in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash it out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Speaking of filling up, uh, let's do some live questions there were a couple good ones in date. I think I've seen this one a couple of times in the comments. Players, the dolphins must leave this upcoming draft with. This is a trick question because I'm not married to anything. You guys should know this by now, uh, especially with the 2020 class. Uh, I think there's a lot of iterations of good blends of players. Uh, and I'm also somebody who's going to continue to advocate for the dolphins to trade the 30th overall pick or whatever that San Francisco pick ends up being for a veteran player. Um I would put it in buckets. I think they need another wide receiver in the draft. I'd like to think you can get a a developmental offensive lineman early on day three, one of these fourth round picks that they have, perhaps. I'd like another pass rusher, whether it's Boye Mafe from Minnesota, is somebody who jumps out at me uh at fifty. You might get the full slate of backs available to you if you wanted to go that route. So um That's all. That's, that's a lot of off season content for one question. Um, let me see. Fred tomorrow is my birthday. Give me a shout out and answer this. First of all, happy birthday, Fred. What's your choice of an OC to bring in with the new hire of a head coach? Keep love the show. Keep at it. Um, If it's Brian Dayball, he's going to be calling plays uh, would be my assumption, in which case my OC, uh, I would love to go get somebody with an offensive line coaching background to serve as my OC. So that way that guy's locked in and he's not going to get plucked uh, for somewhere else unless somebody's going to offer him a head coaching job. So that's one of those life hacks for me. If your head coach is going to call plays, I want to get my offensive line coach, whether it's Mike Munchak or somebody else. I don't even know if there's a relationship there that would exist. Um, Maybe Doug Marone, who's down with Alabama. Uh, If Brian Dable's responsible for the play calling, give me that offensive lineman guru in as high of a role as we can possibly get him uh, to ensure that he stays as a stable piece of the coaching staff. <laughs> in date Now that Dable looks to be the favorite for the Dolphins' job, I want Mike McDaniel instead. Um, yeah, it seems like everybody's kind of caught up in the whirlwind, right? And it's been this has been a crazy week. It's rumored to be so and so, then so and so, Vance Joseph, Brian Dable, and Mike McDaniel, and round and round we go. Trying not to lose my lose my mind as we wait for this uh, dust to settle. Uh, Thomas with a fun question: Kyle, is your dream job to be a Dolphins scout? You know, when I first started in this space, uh, my objective was to build a resume for myself uh, as a portfolio to potentially get into the league and work for a team. That was my original goal, my original dream. Uh, but being able to talk about the Dolphins is in, in an in-depth platform that I have right now and being able to scout college prospects over at GiraffeNetwork.com, I can honestly say, like, I'm super happy with what I'm doing. If you're looking from a prestige perspective, uh, Chris Greer, coming for you. Um, no, uh, but yes, it, it, my original goal and dream, uh, was to work in the league as a scout. And of course the dolphins are the team that I've loved since I was a kid. So, uh, there were a couple of parallels that you could, could draw there. Uh, John, what is taking so long for the head coaching change? Are there procedural things that need to happen? Teams finish seasons, et cetera, et cetera. I just think we're all kind of waiting on the first shoe to drop. Honestly. Um, We haven't, we've only gotten two GM hires as of the time of this recording on Wednesday night. Uh, There has not been any acceleration uh, through some hires. Uh, I don't know if a couple of teams are waiting to figure out if uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to jump or not. I don't know. Um, But I wouldn't be concerned yet because nobody's hired anybody yet. You see the rest of the team start, our league start to fill them up and uh, we're behind the eight ball a little bit. That's when I would get concerned. Tyler, have you ever, ever listened to your podcast at 1.5x speed? I know this is a thing a lot of people do. I don't, though. I can't. Um, I, I don't like listening to myself in general, to be honest. I do for, like, self-scouting purposes, for, like, how can you improve your presentation and be more pleasant to listen to. So people who have to listen to you for 25, 30 minutes to pop on your soapbox will enjoy it as much as possible. Uh, but no, I, I I don't do the podcast at 1.5 x speed thing. It's not not my cup of tea. Uh, Ryan. What is the drink tonight? I've got some Elijah Craig, small batch cheers, cheers indeed. Uh, we got a long night. We got some tape to grind this evening. Uh, some college prospects. I'm down to uh, Ivy League quarterbacks is what I'm scouting. Uh, and writing up this week as we get ready for Shrine Bowl on, on this weekend and Senior Bowl next week. But uh, yeah, so I got a little caffeinated beverage on. I'm laying off the, uh, the the liquor for the evening at this point in time. Orlando, thought this one was fun. Not a question, but I was wondering if you would consider. Randomly adding, removing, swapping a single piece of your Dolphins collection in your background for us live viewers to try to guess. I feel like you've already changed a few things over over the last couple of shows. Some kind of shtick I am down for. Um, I'm not going to agree or disagree to this specific idea because that may uh, tip off whatever shtick I commit to. Uh, but that's fun. It's a fun idea. I like it. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. That means you got you guys got to keep tuning in to live streams. Uh, Tyler Hughes, going back to a couple more iTunes reviews uh, that we got to get through before we come back to the comments. And the title is Igbo Nogany. Okay. We drafted Igbo in the first round. Still haven't used him up until this point. Was wondering if we transition him to a strong safety or a linebacker role. We have seen his speed on special teams and his strength was a huge part of his role in college. I don't know, just a thought. With his ball skills, I think you can get behind a transition to safety. Uh, His biggest struggle has consistently been getting his eyes back to locate the football. And if that's the case, put him at safety where it's all in front of him and he doesn't have to get his eyes back to find the ball, he can just go do things. Right. And he is physical and he is explosive and he is built really well. So the challenge there is if you're going to be a safety. And I don't think he would be a free safety, not with Javon Holland on the roster, uh, you got to be effective at your run fits. And that is a lot of mental processing and layers. And it seems like Noah, you know, they were pretty apprehensive to put Noah into the nickel this past year or or as a rookie to be the CB three because of his ability to get onboarded with all of the things that you have to process from a run keys perspective and getting up and negotiating blocks and being involved in the run game and so on and so forth. So that's, that's kind of a big leap of faith. Uh, The next one comes from Johnny seafood. Okay. Love the pod buying down on the doubling down philosophy on a position of need thoughts on round one, BPA round two, running back round three or four running back thinking when green Bay took Williams and Jones uh, position always needs depth and combo pick for me makes a ton of sense with the money we'll spend in free agency. Um, yeah, I can get behind it. I don't know if I'm using two picks so close together. I know San Francisco this past year, uh, drafted Trey sermon in the third round and then drafted Elijah Mitchell, who actually ended up being the better back in the sixth round. um, Yeah, I can get behind a couple of double dips as long as you're aggressive enough in free agency where you feel like you checked all your boxes. Uh, Mike, 765 from Denmark, presumably, reportedly. That's what it says here on the review. Great show. My question is about quarterbacks. Watching the Saturday wildcard games, I see no reason Tua can't match the play of either of those winning quarterbacks. San Francisco barely got anything from their quarterback while Burrow made plays. He also took a ton of sacks and didn't really produce many points. I think if the Dolphins can simply get average offensive line play and add reliable weapons at wide receiver, they could easily compete for the AFC. Am I naive for believing Tua can make that happen? Maybe a little bit. Um, He has to show more. He has to show a lot more. Uh, That's not to say you see teams that make runs uh, with the identity of the team not being the quarterback. I think the tough thing for a lot of Dolphins fans is Tua wasn't drafted to not be the centerpiece and the catalyst. Uh, So the expectations versus the reality, it's not a one-for-one. And I think, Tua, you're right. There are teams that are built off running game, good scheme, good defense, good pass rush, who find postseason success with consistency. And that's not to say the Dolphins cannot become that. But that is, in today's climate, more so the exception to the rule as it comes to actually finishing the job and getting into winning championships. Um, Defense wins championships, as the saying goes. um, But you see a lot of high-level quarterback play at this this point in the year. Uh, We obviously have to cross and navigate the bridge of how does he get better at playing in cold weather and, and wet climates. Uh, Because his two cold-weather games in Week 17 each last two years were some of his worst performances of his young career. So I get what you're saying, and I get the thought process in building out to be one of those exception-to-the-rule-type teams. Um, But I wouldn't say with confidence that I can get there personally just yet. Uh, I think that he's got a lot of growth to show. Uh, Conso, 2105. Last one that's showing up in the queue. If you guys put one in after the 24th, please forgive me. It's not in there yet. That means you guys just come next week. Can you compare Jalen Phillips to Jermaine Johnson from Florida State? Who is a better prospect prior to the draft? Jalen Phillips. If you go back and you listen to uh, the tape from the podcast before this past year's draft, I said of the prospects who played football in 2020, I thought Jalen Phillips might have had the best tape of any defender in the country uh he was phenomenal man possessed uh specifically as a pass rusher Uh, his ability to play the run was their front really didn't ask him to do anything other than get penetration and create chaos which he did Uh, but that did was something that i think created some transitional challenges for Jalen. Uh, and I'm interested in, in looking forward to seeing how he continues to grow and evolve in that capacity. Jermaine Johnson's an excellent player. He was kind of bogged up at Georgia before he transferred to, to Florida State. Uh, similar build, a uh, prototypical style build, 265 pounds, very explosive. Uh, I think Jalen's was a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more powerful, um, and a little bit more of a rare overall athlete, personally. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond BetOnline is the number one spots for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. With a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. Back to the comments. The live comments here on YouTube, Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you like the video. Hit subscribe to the channel if you have fun with the live interactive component here on Power to the Pod. Sometimes we also uh, run some pre-recorded stuff. Try to go live as much as I possibly can. It's fun chatting with you guys. Uh, indeed, you're absolutely right. The Shrine Shrine practices start on Saturday, which is the uh, they've got a couple of guys that I think are going to be in strong contention for top 100 selections. Uh, but they are generally there's a lot of day three talent, uh, good talent, developmental talent in this year's roster. I know Eric the uh, the director there at the Shrine Bowl very well. We've been friends for about 10 years, and uh, he did a great job. This is his first year there with the Shrine putting this roster together. I'm excited to get out to Vegas. And uh, see see what these guys got. Chris from Australia. Good eye, Mike. I hope that wasn't bad. Question on our draft options last year. Chase at three, Waddle plus one um, first round, what we have, or Devontae Smith plus two first round picks. Did we ultimately win this trade? I think they're all good players. Uh, I don't think chase playing on this offense is the chase that you see playing with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, Jalen Waddle does get more separation. Devonte Smith. I still have the um, durability concerns with him versus Jalen Waddle, who obviously pl- only played four games his last year at Alabama. Uh, Waddle is a more explosive player. I think Waddle you can get more schemed touches for. I think we forget, you know, when when it both Waddle and Smith were healthy for Alabama, um, they had very clearly defined roles. And then Waddle got hurt, and Smith stepped in and took both of their roles, and that's how he won the Heisman. I know there's a lot of hindsight with the trade and what they got and where this pick ends up because they gave another pick away. Um To get the player that I think would have made the most sense, and I said this back in April, so I don't think this is a hot take. I thought Jalen Waddle was the pass-catching target that made the most sense for the Dolphins before the draft. You got that player at six when you could have got him at three, and you got an extra one in the first place. I am totally at peace with the way it played out. I know some people aren't. I know a lot of people are just kind of frustrated in general, so it's something that didn't break the Dolphins' way. I get it. Uh, But I'm at peace with it. Uh, Let's see here. William, shout out live at work in Seattle. I guess out there it's still, it's like dinner time, huh? Pat, okay. This is nice. Pat, Pat usually doesn't give me serious questions. So he gave me one here. What is gained? by replacing Mike with a more versatile and complete slot option. I think what you can gain from putting a more versatile and complete receiver, if you're going to classify Mike as a receiver, which based off his usage, we probably should. uh, At that slot, if you Mm -hmm. go trips three by one, that three strong player who's inside, uh, they've also spent some time putting him, on the backside and, and as the ISO receiver uh, away from the passing strength. But if you're going to put him at three strong, usually that player is drawing a lot of linebacker and safety assignments in coverage because you got your, obviously your corners on the outside. And if you go three by one, one, two, three, this guy is the guy closest to the box with the offensive lineman. And typically that's either a linebacker that's bumped out or they'll rotate the safeties down and drop the safety down. And if you're a nickel, then you would go outside corners on one strong, your nickel corners on two strong, and then that safety or linebackers on three strong. And the Chiefs do this with Tyreek Hill all the time. Put him at three strong, and they say, okay, you want to cover him with a safety, and he's got 15 yards of cushion to create separation? God bless. Best of luck to you. And it never works out. And that's the appeal. You know, Mike is straight line straight line speed very Fast for a player of his stature, uh, but I don't think his routes are overly explosive. Where if somebody's playing off coverage and they're they're playing catch coverage, they can trigger and drive and get into him a little bit more and take him away. And I think that's why you saw Mike at the top of his routes both when he was the ISO receiver on the backside and in the slot. Uh, there were times where he kind of got stuck at the top of the route, and if he was early in the progression. Tua didn't want to move off of him because he trusts Mike. And then it was like, no, it's not there. I got to move. And now he's off rhythm. So getting more separators um, in general, guys who can create a lot of separation like Jalen Waddle can, I think is very important for the Dolphins' point of emphasis if they're going to continue to make things work with Tua Tungvaloa. Let me see. Yancey. Chris did not like my Australian accent. That's too bad. Uh, What do you think about the team addressing the offensive line by signing Orlando Brown, Ryan Jensen, and drafting Daniel Falele? That's a lot of beef. That's a lot of beef. Uh, I think what's interesting about Falele is he's the size of Orlando Brown, but he's a way better athlete, like a freakish athlete. Uh, I would appreciate Ryan Jensen being at the center position coming from Tampa Bay, championship pedigree, one of the best centers in football. I like Michael Dieter. Um, maybe he can take the left guard spot in that scenario. You go Orlando Brown, Michael Dieter, Ryan Jensen, Robert Hunt, Daniel Falele. Um, odds are you're going to get a lot of push. I think what what's interesting about Orlando Brown is obviously Kansas City uh, gave a fair amount of capital to go out and get him. So you would think they're going to prioritize a contract extension, but he's played okay, but he hasn't played, I think, to the expectation. When him wanting to be a left tackle, be interested to see if he would want to be a right tackle coming to where you'd be a blindside protector. I don't know. Um, But I I like the idea of two established starters, and then still going out and get a high ceiling uh, offensive lineman in Daniel Falele, who is. One of my favorite prospects. A little bit of development that needs to happen there, um, but nevertheless, he's he's going to be a good player. I think. You just look at what Jordan Maitala with the Philadelphia Eagles did. Let me see. Indeed, what makes me queasy about Brian Dable is that Josh Allen improvises a lot, and this isn't a true representation of how effective Brian Dable's offense is. This is a fair criticism, and it's one of the criticisms and and things that I am wary of with Brian Dable is go back and read Buffalo Bills fans' tweets from, like, (laughs) mid-2019. They were pretty frustrated with Brian Dable, and then Josh Allen all of a sudden starts turning it on, and looks like a different player. And blows up, and now all of a sudden, the bills are one of the best offenses in football. And you know, Josh can make you right even when you're wrong. Um, how you vet that out in the interview process, I would assume he's, I would assume you'd get your answers and your peace of mind there. I think what is interesting is, um, Barry Jackson. Uh, was asked on social media, he was asked, like, what is the holdup with the hiring? And Barry's response was, Stephen Ross needs to uh, figure out which candidate he wants. It's his decision. Why is it Stephen Ross's decision? It shouldn't be, right? Like, Stephen Ross, the whole appeal of the restructure in 2019 was to place an infrastructure in place where you had a linear chain of command. And I don't know if that's ramifications for Brian Flores being a Chris career pick and it not working out. I don't know. But if Stephen Ross is the one who is making the decision, which is what Barry alluded to, I don't know how well that sits with me either. Because uh, you know, Stephen Ross's judgment as owner of the Miami Dolphins has been hit or miss a little bit. And maybe Barry worded it wrong. I don't know. But he was asked, what's the holdup? And he said, Mr. Ross has to choose which candidate he wants. We're going to leave it on this one because we're already at 40 minutes. And um, Miami Sports Fanatic Show, I see you. Um, Let's get together sometime. MMA Fortune Teller, what are your thoughts on Matt Corral, quarterback from Ole Miss? He's a guy that, when polished up, can hang with Allen and Mahomes in those playoff shootouts. I was a giant Tua fan, but I'm off that train. Here's my concern with Matt Corral Uh, I don't know what Matt Corral's trait is that he's going to hang his hat on at the next level. Uh, He's tough, but he's not big. He's aggressive, but he doesn't have the strongest of arms. Uh, He plays in a very aggressive tempo. High potency offense in the SEC. Uh, I do know he's a good leader. I know that for a fact. I've met Matt before, and and he's gotten rave reviews. I think he'll ace the interview process. But I'm just leery about quarterbacks that like don't have an individual trait that really pops to say, oh, okay, like this is what he is. So I'm a little cooler on him, at least at this point in the process, than than some of the mock drafts will have you believe that he's a top 15 player or whatever. Um and predictively maybe he is. Uh, and if he is, then it's it ain't gonna be the dolphins problem, right? <laughs> he's we he wouldn't make it. Uh, Miami's gonna be twice as far of a weight uh before if if that's indeed the range that he's getting drafted. But hope you guys enjoyed. Kyle Krabs locked on dolphins make sure you keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins. Fins up until next time thanks as always for watching and or listening. Make it a good one. I'll talk with you guys tomorrow.